Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. Right now we're in a series called Upside Down Christmas. And in this message series, we unpack how Jesus came to invade the ordinary, upside down places of our lives with his message of hope and restoration. Let's head into the auditorium as we lean in and engage today's message. John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in this gift would not perish, but have everlasting life. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, the prophet Isaiah is writing and giving a prophecy to the people of God. They've been in a time of captivity. The Assyrians are overrunning the people of God and they are taking them captive by the droves. They are destroying houses and lands and literally just overwhelming the people of God. And in a moment of battle, in a moment of siege, in a moment of really chaos, In the life of the people of God, Isaiah gives this prophecy. For a child is born to us and a son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He gives this prophecy 800 years before Jesus ever arrives. 400 years after this prophecy, God continues to confirm and speak of the Messiah that would come. But then after 400 years, there would be 400 years of silence where God would say nothing. 800 years. Now, sometimes I get discouraged when God speaks and gives me a word on Sunday and it's not fulfilled by Monday. 800 years, 800 years. He said, get ready. There is going to come a Messiah and he is going to be mighty. He is going to be powerful. There is going to be a peace that is established because of his reigning authority. And he is going to be a wonderful counselor. 800 years. And we see that God begins to speak and he begins to declare this one that is going to come is going to be a wonderful counselor. Say that with me, wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Somebody say mighty God. Everlasting Father. Say that. Say everlasting Father. Say Prince of Peace. Jesus would be all of this. He would be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, and a Prince of Peace. But I want to talk to you tonight first about wonderful counselor. It's not what you would think of when you think of the word counselor. He wasn't talking about a therapist. He wasn't saying he's going to be a wonderful therapist. Now, he is someone we can talk to. But the word wonderful means this, incomprehensible, full of wonder. Incomprehensible, full of wonder. 
He said he's going to be a wonderful, he's going to be incomprehensible. It's going to be hard to get your mind around all that he is. You're going to be amazed and full of wonder. We find that at his very birth, they were full of wonder because he was given to a virgin and he was born in such a miraculous way. From the first inception in his encounter with the disciples, they were, the Bible says they were full of amazement and wonder the minute he told Peter to launch out into the deep. And the Bible said the nets were full even after they had fished for a season and come up empty. They wondered at his teachings, even at a young age. They wondered, how does he know all this stuff? Never having learned. They were in wonder when dead men were getting out of graves, where blind eyes begin to see, and when lame legs begin to walk. They were in wonder and amazement everything he did from his first miracle to his last miracle. They were in wonder when he picked up a cross and he was nailed to that cross, but then he looked down with the heart of compassion at those that did it to him and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They wondered at everything he did and they were in amazement by everything he did. They were in amazement when they came to a grave and on the third day they came to mourn and they found out that the stone had been moved and the grave was not there and the angel declared, why are you looking for the living among the dead? The one you're looking for is not dead. He is risen. He's not a baby in a manger. He's not a Christ on a cross, but he's a risen Savior. That word wonderful means full of wonder, incomprehensible. Anytime you think you've got him figured out, he's more. Anytime you think you've got him put in a box, he becomes greater. Anytime you think you've got a grip on him, he enlarges himself to you more than you can fathom, more than you can comprehend. But then the word counselor. It's a word that they were using here that would be attributed to kings, but not just kings, a wise king like Solomon. Kings that would rule in authority, but rule in wisdom and by principle. He said, you're going to be amazed because everything he does is going to be full of wonder. But when he reigns, he's going to have all authority and he's going to be principled in his reigning. Just as Solomon, remember when they brought the baby to Solomon, the two women were arguing over the baby? And Solomon said, well, let's cut the baby in half, and each of you can have half. Sounds gruesome. One lady said, okay, give me half. The other one loved the baby so much, said, no, no, just give it to her. He understood. He ruled not only in authority, but he ruled with wisdom. And that's how God rules our life. He not only rules in authority, but he rules by the principles of his word and the wisdom of his word and the things that he has declared from Genesis to Revelation. And he said, if you live by this authority and you live by these principles, you can always believe your best is yet to come. You can always believe that God is fighting for you. You can always uh, just stand back and and be amazed and, and marvel at the wonders of who Jesus is. And the Bible teaches us that they begin to prophesy 800 years before he would ever arrive in a time of battle, in a time of the people of God being overrun and being under siege. And the enemy felt like he was insurmountable at that time. And literally the enemy was running rampant over them. But there came a word about Jesus. I am telling you tonight, you can get a word about Jesus in this room. 
It doesn't matter if you feel like your life is being overrun. It doesn't matter if you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulder. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're in a season of depression and it can't get any worse. God can give you a word. And it may not get better tomorrow, but I do know this. When God speaks and he declares a word over his people, it will come to pass. It took 800 years, but eventually there came a baby in a manger and his name was Jesus and everything he did they marveled at everything he did they looked at him in wonder and amazement when he walked on water when he spoke to the wind and the waves they said what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey and I've got good news Jesus arrived he's not just a word any longer he's not just a prophecy any longer he's not just something written on paper any longer he's no longer even a baby in a manger or even a Christ hanging on a cross as you may see in some churches but he is a resurrected risen savior and he's in this room tonight but greater than that if you know who he is he lives in you he is the way the Bible said he is the truth and he is the life come on put your hands together if you love Jesus tonight everywhere he went he established the kingdom of God. And as I was reading this afternoon, getting ready for tonight, I began to just go through some writings of different commentaries. And, and they began to talk about how systematically God laid out the revelation of his son in an Old Testament to be a platform for a New Testament gospel. And sometimes we think the Old Testament is done away with. The, the Old Testament and the New Testament complete the word of God for your life. One validates the other. One becomes a platform to build the framework of a new covenant. Every word from Genesis to Revelation in a garden. After the enemy had come in and deceived the people of God. And God had told them that they could have anything in the garden but there was one tree that was off limits. But how many of you know human nature draws you to the forbidden? And the enemy convinced them that they needed that tree and it would make them great and powerful and they took from the tree. And I know we, we see as a kid, we, we called it an apple. I don't know if it was an apple, it was a fruit. I heard one time it say it wasn't the apple in the tree, but the pear on the ground. Bad joke. They ate of the fruit and their eyes were open and they realized that they had sinned. God shows up and from the very first chapters of our Bible, he prophesies and declares and speaks a word of Jesus to come. And he tells the enemy, he said, there's coming one. And because you've done what you've done and deceived the people of God, when he arrives, he's going to bruise your head. That's what God tells Satan. Bruce... The bruised head simply meant he's going to deal you a fatal blow. When he shows up, get ready. And can you imagine as the enemy looked for this Christ for many generations and maybe Noah building a boat and thought, maybe this is the one. But it wasn't Noah. Maybe David after he killed Goliath, maybe he's the one. But it wasn't David. Maybe even Samson with all his strength, the enemy thinking maybe this is the one. But he wasn't the one. 
Maybe Ezekiel or Elijah that called fire down from heaven or even Elisha, the one that carried a double portion, but he wasn't the one. Maybe one of the great prophets or even one of the unknown prophets, maybe one of the mighty men like Shammah or maybe one of the other mighty men that rose and grew. But, but, but eventually we found out they weren't the one. They just came to testify of the one that would come. And eventually after 400 years of God saying nothing, can you imagine how hell may have thought that, that maybe God forgot about the people of God. Most of them are now in captivity. They are living in a place of bondage, but God begins to speak again, and he shows up in the living room of a young girl, and he tells her, get ready. You're about to carry a promise to a world, and when he shows up, the government will be upon his shoulders, and his kingdom will have no end, and he testifies to her that the Messiah that has been spoken about all the way from Genesis through the Old Testament, the one that Isaiah declared he will be a wonderful counselor, he will be a mighty God, he will be an everlasting father, and he will be the prince of peace. He's about to be revealed in the earth. And can you imagine the minute that Jesus was born, the heavens begin to shift and the ground begin to quake. And I believe there came something riveting through the corridors of hell, and the enemy knew that the promised one had now arrived. Every word that had been spoken in an Old Testament was about to be revealed. And can you imagine, they begin to devise a strategy to try to take Jesus out. And the Bible said eventually they begin to speak negatively about Jesus. Then they begin to falsely accuse Jesus. So don't get discouraged when people talk about you. They talked about Jesus. Don't get upset when people say things about you. They said things about Jesus. But before long, these things they were saying, the religious people of the day became fearful. And before long, they took Jesus. They put him on trial. They put him on a cross. And on the third day, the Bible says that he rose from the grave. But there is a period between the two where Jesus would not only be a wonderful counselor, to the people of God, but he would demonstrate that he would be a mighty God. And the Bible teaches us that he went in and took the authority and the dominion that the enemy had and the free reign that he had back from him. And can you see as maybe hell thought they had won and they thought it was over? And the Bible said he went into the bowels of the earth And he took captivity captive. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? Up to that point, the people of God could only be pardoned in their sin. But the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. They went to a place called paradise. They did not go to heaven. They only went so far because they had to sacrifice animals and God had to approve of that sacrifice and their sin would be rolled ahead. But it was still accounted to them. But then Jesus arrived and he goes into the bowels of hell and can you imagine watch as Satan thought he had won Jesus had been put on a cross his, his, his disciples were now scattered there were only a few left and can you imagine as hell thought they had won but Isaiah's prophecy yet to be fully fulfilled was about to come to pass because he was going to reign in peace and reign in power and he would demonstrate that he was not only a wonderful counselor but he was a mighty God and a reigning king and I can just see as hell is going into jubilation now you won't find all of this in your bible it's not even in the message bible 
but I can see as, 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 as hell is having a party. And maybe they thought they had won. And can you hear maybe as a knock came at the door of hell? And I just see as maybe a little imp goes over and looks out the door peephole. And he closes it real quick. And he goes back to Satan. And they're, they're having a party. Can you imagine as they go back to the end and say, do you remember Jesus? Oh, uh, yeah. The baby that was born in a manger. The one that changed water to wine. The one that raised dead men like Lazarus out of the grave. The one that went into Jairus' house and raised his daughter. The one that did all of the miracles. He walked on water and spoke to the wind and the waves. He's at the door. What are you talking about? We crucified him. We put him on a cross. We put him in the grave. He's been defeated. Oh yeah, that Jesus. But he's not a crucified Savior any longer. He has fire in his eyes. And the Bible said his hair was white like wool. And I can see as he pushed open the doorway of hell. And he took the authority back from the enemy me and he established himself just like Isaiah said I am not only a wonderful counselor but I am a mighty God that death could not stop him sin could not defeat him and the enemy could not destroy him and I've got good news for somebody tonight because that's the word of the gospel Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger or in a grave or on a cross he's no longer walking around just in a little region but he's reigning in Tampa Florida tonight. He's reigning in all power and all authority. He is a wonderful counselor. He will amaze you at all that he does. He will reign in your life. He is a mighty God. He is an everlasting father and he will establish a peace in you. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 verse 6 Jesus said I am the way I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said, you want to get to everlasting life? You've got to come through me. I am the way. You want everlasting life? I am the truth that will reveal the plan and the purpose of God to you. You want to get to eternal life and live not only in eternity, but live a life of blessing and fullness here on earth? Because God's plan is not that you just get blessed in eternity. It's that you live a life of blessing and prosperity and overflow here on earth. That you raise a kingdom family. And you walk out a kingdom journey. And you live in a kingdom authority. And you walk in the favor of God and the blessing of God. And you walk in a faith that, that looks into the battle and says, But God is for me, so what can be against me? A faith that rises up every morning and just believes God has something special in your day. A faith that looks at broken places and sees restoration. A, a faith that looks and says, but I serve a wonderful, uh, amazing, a God that when he demonstrates himself, it's full of wonder. And he's reigning with all authority. And if I walk out his principles, and I live out his principles, Anything is possible. What if we walked into 2019 with an anything mentality? My children, they're not just lost, but they're bound. Anything. My finances are such a wreck. There's not an accountant in this city that could straighten them out. Anything. Anything. 
My past is so wrecked, it's impossible to see a future anything. Anything. What if we walked into 2019 believing that the wonderful counselor, the mighty guide, the everlasting father, the prince of peace was no longer just words on paper or a prophecy given by an Old Testament prophet, but his ability to establish himself in the moment and in the now and declare a future. Just what if the Christ of Christmas became the King of glory? Just what if the Christ of Christmas became the great healer? Just what if the Christ of Christmas became the mighty God and the Prince of Peace in your situation? I thought this week, I I thought, Lord, let not only the close of this year, but the beginning of a new year be a season where we are all once again in awe of who you are. And when we look at your hand and your working in our life, we look with wonder and amazement. First encounter, we're going to close. Jesus has with Peter, James, and John. Those would be his three boys. Those would be like his, his boys in the midst of the crowd. You know, the ones close to him. First encounter, the Bible said, gets on Peter's boat, says, cast out into a deep place, and I'm going to use your boat to teach. He teaches. And then he tells Peter, he says, just drop your nets right here. I just washed the nets. We just put them away. And besides that, we've been fishing in this hole all night long, and we have caught nothing. You must not know anything about fishing because this is not the right time to fish. But then he says something. But if you say to do it, but if you say to do it, I'll do it. The Bible said he dropped his nets, pulled the nets up. They began to break so much so that he had to call his buddies, Peter, James, James and John. They had to come and help. And eventually they would join this crew and they would leave the boats. But this is what happened. The Bible said he fell at Jesus' feet and began to worship. And he was filled with wonder and amazement. Do you remember the first time Jesus got on your boat? Do you remember the first time he filled your nets? Do you remember the first time that even though it looked impossible, you trusted God and God showed up? Do you remember the first time that he revealed himself? And you found out he was a mighty God and it was more than something on paper. It was more than something in a leather book. It was more than something a preacher told you. It was more than just a story or a fable. But God showed up in your life. I pray that this season and in the beginning of our new year once again for some of us that have been in church a long, long, long time that once again we're reminded of the wonder of who he is and we're taken back to that place and say, God, as I once 
wants was stir a passion in me, stir a passion in us, because there's something about the first time he gets on your boat, and he does the miraculous in your life, and sometimes we get so churchy, we forget about that first moment we encountered him, but I'm believing this, God has a way of breathing on us, even if we're going through a battle, and it may not all work out the next day, but eventually the Prince of Peace shows up, eventually the mighty God shows up, eventually the everlasting Father shows up, eventually the wonderful Counselor, the one that comes with all of who he is, and he makes you look at him in wonder and amazement. Just what if we walked into 2019 with an anything mentality? You're going to save my kids this year. You're going to bring my kids home this year. You're going to turn my situation around this year. You're going to lift the depression this year. You're going to reestablish the principles of who you are in my life this year. Anything. Isaiah would say, I know we're in a bad place right now, but get ready, there's one coming. And when he steps on the scene, there's one coming and when he shows up, anything is possible to him who believes. What if your belief system this next season, I don't know how, but anything, anything, anything. We're going to pray in just a moment. Let's just worship for a moment. Then we're just going to pray. Come on, just slide your hand up. Just, just say that. Say anything, anything, anything. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready. Anything just might happen in this next season. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.